Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, it's March 9th, 2016. I'm Eric Clancy, joined, as always, by Mr. Patrick Kelly. Um, we are here today for thebrainasore.com. Uh, how's it going, pal? How you doing? Doing all right, yeah. Nice, quiet week. Uh, we're finally getting good weather up here, so I'm in a really good mood. Yeah, it's 70 up here in New York right now. So I'm, oh, that's nice. I'm debating whether to wear a jacket tonight. Um <laughs> I'll see. We'll see how that goes. But these are the best of first world problems. Yes, indeed, indeed they are. Um, as I look down from my my glass tower that I live in. Um, so um, let's get right into it. We got uh, about forty five minutes. Um, so why don't we chat about the the wrestling events that occurred this week? We had Raw, NXT, Lucha Underground. Um, I think easily Lucha Underground, as it always is, was the best show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how great was that ladder match? Oh, so good. Um, I, I I liked it. Um, I, I mean, it was uh, it, it was an interesting uh, dynamic between the two of them, and I think they work really well together. And now, like you know, it's it's starting to look like it could come crashing down for Mill because he's got like the light side of Prince Puma and the dark side of Pentagon gunning for him. Then he's, then they've got the, the only guy to really beat him in Phoenix. And, um, he's like wanting to prove himself. And I I like that. I like that Lucha Underground doesn't make every single heel like a coward and not wanting to face everybody because that makes it so much more, not, not only interesting, but Hey, here's how you get these matches. Both guys want to fight each other, you know? So he wants to mm-hmm. take down Pentagon and Prince Puma, which, by the way, I didn't mention this from a few previous shows, but Prince Puma is what John Cena wants to be every day of his life. Prince Puma <laughs> is a legit good guy. First of all, the character's brilliant because he doesn't talk, he has a mask, so he's an avatar for the audience, you know? Like, like you've mm-hmm. got that. But also, he had Pentagon in that arm breaker position, and as opposed to where John Cena would, like, do it, or, you know, hit the attitude adjustment on John Stewart, helpless John Stewart, Prince Puma goes and says, no, I'm above that, and he, and he lets Pentagon go, and you're like, oh, yeah, you're the fucking best, and everybody, like, wants him to do it, but, like, the bloodthirsty, like, Lucha Underground audience is cheering for it, but then he lets go, and he gets cheers, you know, it's like, it's it's like a true character, and it's not just, like, it's not just John Cena being like, I'm a great guy, but here's all these things that contradict this. And, you know, which if they played that up, John Cena would be amazing. But they don't. They're just like, no, 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 John Cena's great. Look at all these Make-A-Wish kids. And uh, that's something well, I... Well, we say it all the time. He's the Tom Brady of wrestling. Where it's like, really they is. want us to think he's the ultimate good guy or whatever, but he, we all know he's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Prince Puma, like, with him, you have... Eh, you have a uh, a character that 
you can use as a protagonist, and everyone's pretty much cool with it. I mean, to do a wrestling show in a small audience, you're always going to have split crowds. But everybody's pretty much okay with Prince Puma as the guy. I mean, Ricochet as an athlete is unbelievable. And then the character's well-written, so you have a guy you can get behind. And WWE acts like they're, like, fucking immune to this, and they're like, oh, no, we just can't find everybody that it's someone that everybody likes. Well, I mean... When Steve Austin was around, nobody had a fucking problem with it. When Daniel Bryan was the number one guy, everybody's like, hey, this is great. You gave us a story and a finish, and we're all happy. You know, People are okay with it, but WWE just picks incorrectly. And as opposed to in recent years, when they would pick somebody wrong, like whether it was Lex Luger or Diesel or, or whoever it was, they would change gears and try to find the new guy. Now Vince is like, oh, Fuck it, it's going to be 10 years of Cena. And then after that, he's like, ah, it's Roman Reigns. You know, so it, it's just, you know, they just don't correct the guy, pick, ugh, correctly pick the guys. And that hampers them so much. Yeah, it really kills the interest in the show because if I'm not into your top protagonist, I'm not into your top story. And if I'm not into your top story, WrestleMania is kind of in trouble because <laughs> we have. Um, and to be honest, the card that's shaping up for WrestleMania 32 isn't bad, but no, it's not. Nobody cares about the main event. Like that's no, by far the like, most interesting match on the whole show. And I, I'm, I totally think Ambrose should beat Triple H it on Saturday. The word is he is not. It is going to be Triple H and Roman Reigns that's set in stone. Apparently it's set in stone that Roman Reigns is going to headline next year's WrestleMania. So that's fucking great. Just like, he wonders why his millennials aren't motivated. Well, if you tell them a year out that he's going to main event the fucking show, I don't know what to tell you, pal. Um, So, I mean, they should throw a wrench in and have Ambrose win, because regardless of what they do with Ambrose, whether it's good or bad, people are into him. People like Ambrose. And I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd turn Reigns heel. But we're getting to that Cena point where they're just like, nope, we're going to do it anyway. And people act like, oh, Cena's a star. I mean, Cena's a star because he's had 10 years of just nonstop, constant promotion as the top guy. And by 10 years, I mean 11. And if you did that with almost anyone else, the dividends you would have would be exponentially greater. But they're just like, no, 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 we sold out arenas when John Cena was here. Oh, fuck, cool. You sold out arenas when CM Punk was there, when John Cena wasn't on the card. You, you know, it's just, it's a logic that they're like, oh, we've got this giant machine, and because it's not tanking, Cena's the reason we make our money. And it's it's this silly thing because Vince loves him so much. I mean, Vince has got such a hard-on for him, and it's, it looks like it's going to repeat itself with Roman Reigns. They're just going to do what they're going to do regardless of whether it makes sense for their company or not. Right, and I don't know. What has Roman been, actually? He's, uh, I heard he was hurt, but um, yeah, he has he nose back in Tasmania, or what's the deal? Well, I actually think it's a good idea because, like, otherwise mm-hmm. we're just going to get stare down Triple H for the next month and a half. So it's a welcome respite for me. But although I'm sure WWE is probably like, hey, look at these giant reactions Ambrose gets. And uh, we don't do that with Roman. So, um, and it was interesting. This show, like, I I know we were just talking about Lucha Underground, but to switch gears to Raw real quick, this show highlighted that, hey, people are over and can get over in traditional roles if you – perform them correctly, and you're not putting the guys that people hate in roles where they want them where, where you, we, they want them to cheer them. For instance, fucking Jericho's heel turn, 
after being garbage for like ever, the heel turn was fantastic. AJ looked great. The crowd's legit into him. So you take things like that and you say, should I turn AJ heel or should I turn Chris Jericho, the guy that nobody's really into anyway, heel? Oh, okay, we turn Jericho and then we keep the guy that everybody loves as the face. Like, I don't understand why that's such a difficult thing. Like, you you don't turn the guys or keep the guy's face that nobody likes. You do it with the guys people don't like. It's just, is it such a foreign concept in this day and age? Hey, it worked so great for Austin at WrestleMania 17, you know? I mean, everybody yeah. wanted that heel turn. The worst thing about that heel turn is that it made them gun-shy from ever turning a face again, which is why Cena has not oh, turned. God. I yeah. mean, and it, it sucks because they're they're not able to, like, look forward and say, you know, it's like, it's like when people, when there was a hurricane warning and nothing happened, and then the next time people were like, oh, I'm not doing anything because the last time the hurricane warning was bogus. Well, that has no effect on this hurricane, you know? So it's like, what are you going to do? It's, it's, they did the Austin turn because they saw business kind of plateauing, and they're like, oh, maybe it can be like the Hogan turn and, like, put us into the next stratosphere. The fact was, though, Austin had been a face for, like, four years as opposed to Hogan for like 13 and they were like oh this hasn't really run its course yet and and then it bombed so they're like oh god we can never do that again and they they blame that on business going down as opposed to just garbage writing and a, a horribly handled invasion angle but yeah no it was the, it was the actual it was turning a good guy heel was the issue um, so yeah I, I mean and I didn't think this show was bad. Um, I liked Shane's opening promo. Um, I didn't mind him beating up the guards. I minded how it was done because Shane McMahon punching people is the worst thing that they can do. Uh, yeah, but, I never like it when they try to portray Shane as like a legit tough guy. Uh, yeah. To me, Shane was tough because of how much of a beating he could take and still yeah, get it's up. Yeah, like Shawn Michaels tough. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Shane McMahon highlight reel. It's just him getting killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't mind him beating up the guards. I, it just looked like shit. Like, if you can convince me that he's doing it, fine. Um, I thought Vince was good. I liked the smashing the picture. I thought <laughs> I, it, it's so funny. Like, you know, like three weeks ago, if I said we're having, Shane and Vince are having a feud, and it's about like. Uh, the, the control of the company, and they're going to fight Undertaker. You'd be like, what? But, you know, this has actually been enjoyable enough TV. I mean, they don't hurt anyone else when they're feuding with each mm-hmm. other, you know? It's kind of like when right. when Triple H and Undertaker are feuding. Like, okay, at least they're just on one segment. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, it's it's good. It, I Like, I think, I mean, Shane, I think, is going to win. I don't have much of an issue with that. People are like, how are you going to portray Shane as beating up The Undertaker? I'm like, the yeah, okay, Shane's a 46-year-old non-wrestler, but The Undertaker's a 51-year-old man who looks like death. So, uh, like, I I've mean, also heard theories that Cena's going to interfere and cost Cena the match, or cost uh, Undertaker the match. But would that make, would that even make Cena a heel? Because, like, as far as I can tell, people are pretty much into Shane winning this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, Taker's the heel here. And actually, as far as I'm concerned, Taker's been a heel ever since he cost Brock the title. Yeah. But, and, oh, that guy's and, an I mean, asshole. And people who are cheering Shane, he's like, and he's doing it the right way, too. He's not like, I'm going to kick the Undertaker's ass. He's like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to beat the Undertaker. Like, that's an underdog story I can get behind, you know? And uh, Taker, like, 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I want change. I mean, Taker's already lost. There's no point in, like, protecting it anymore. Um, so if Cena, like, helped him, like, of course they'd fuck up the Cena heel turn, you know? It's like, <laughs> ugh. Yep. Yeah. Um, of course, I want Cena to be on the side of change for the WWE. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, John Cena is stasis. Um so I've been enjoying the uh, three-way feud, actually, between Lynch, uh, Sasha, and Charlotte. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they had a fun little match on Monday. Uh, it, it was very short, but I thought it was there was no filler in it. Um, and then I liked uh, I liked the ease in which Sasha won, and the attack afterwards was pretty good. I have to say I, I enjoy what they're doing with this with this feud so far. Yeah, and actually, the Divas Division as a whole, it's not perfect yet, but there's actually, like, depth and, like, uh, clear, like, like ranking within the division. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You've got Lana and Bree, who's kind of the middle, and you've got, uh, like, Naomi and Tamina, who are kind of the next step down from the top girls, and the three NXT girls are the top, obviously, and then you've got everybody else at the bottom. It's like, oh, there's, like, a clear, like, division here that is really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's always what makes a division. If you can, if there's, like, as we've always said, if there's the champions and another team or performer, it, it's not, it doesn't work out well. Um, so, uh, what else do we have there? Um, oh, we got uh, Sami Zayn. Going oh, after yeah, Kevin that Owens. was great. Um, I liked, um, I liked the Kevin Owens-Neville match. I mean, Neville, to me, I've said this so many times, and I'm, I'm trying to phrase it in a different way. Like, look, okay, I, AJ does a ton of fucking high spots, but, like, AJ paces his matches so well. Like, he does that sick-ass um, moonsault into the reverse DDT, which was, like, aw- was the, that was the best I've ever seen it, honestly. Like, it was no – he didn't do that stop bullshit that he used to do in TNA. He just, like, went through with it, and it was, and it was amazing. He did the, the the 450 splash. He did a ton of huge spots, but it just felt paced really well, whereas Neville's like, fucking shooting star press to the floor, Falcon, like, you know, uh, 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 Falcon splash, and, uh, you know um, – uh, it, it was just, it's just so much in so little time, I don't have a chance to process it. And that's not like, I don't mean that in like the good, like, oh, Lucha Underground way. I mean, it's just like, it's too fucking much. And like, I hate to be that old guy who's like, slow down, make everything mean everything. But like, it's, I, I feel like he could be so much better and, and I would be so much more invested if he just like paced it better, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes doing those big spots uh, will hurt you later on because those are surprises you could take for bigger matches down the road. Yeah, you don't need to do, like, like some of these uh, spots on a fucking Raw, you know? I mean, like, and that's where I always, I hate to always go back to Shawn Michaels. I, I always like to go back to Shawn because Shawn would always have amazing Raw matches. He didn't do anything, like, like, that was amazing on Raw. Like, he didn't, like, moonsault to the floor every show. But he always, and the thing with him was, he always sold with intensity. And, and Neville, Neville sells great, don't get me wrong. And he always was, like, into every match. It's how Daniel Bryan was. Daniel Bryan was like mm-hmm. this, too. He had such energy, and you didn't feel like he was taking a day off. So, 
you can give it 100% without being like, here are all the moves I can do, you know? So mm-hmm. I hope Neville learns how to, like, just pace that out a little better because it's just – it's so much. He's so athletically gifted. Um, I just I, – I would like to see it, like, go further for him. Right, and you're not the only one to say that, too. I mean, Steve Austin has said that on occasion as well. So it's well, your company. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the finish was great. I mean, I hope it's just Zane and – Owens at Mania because it does not need to be a multi-man match. I would just no. like and that. I, I was so scared to death it was going to be Big Show and Kevin Owens. So that was like, please, anything to get away from that, I'm happy with. Yeah. Um, I, I thought Zane looked pretty good. Um, I thought he had a lot of energy. Um, not too much that he throws out his shoulder, but, you know, I. Um, <laughs> so I think this could be interesting, especially based on what's going to happen tonight in the two out of three falls match, if Zane wins, which I expect him to, and then you have Zane and Balor at, in Dallas, and then Zane's also in the Intercontinental title match, that's that's some hell of a double duty right there. Yeah, it is. Um, and you look at that Intercontinental You're breaking up, Patrick. I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. If, um, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. I, I mean, that Intercontinental title match, if they do Owen saying and they give them any kind of time I and mean, could be a potential show stealer. Yeah, I think so. Um what else did we have? We have the main event which was Ambrose and Bray and I want to show you how much WWE has killed Bray Wyatt as a character. You're <laughs> watching this match and the Chicago crowd which is hot for so many things. They were hot for AJ they were hot for Sasha they were hot for Ambrose uh, Triple H Bray Wyatt comes out when he enters to absolute crickets. And, like, nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit about his promo. And the first, the first like, seven minutes of this match, nobody's making any noise. And thankfully, because Bray is such a great in-ring performer, which I don't think he gets enough credit for, he and Ambrose actually get the crowd back into it. And the match is becomes pretty awesome, and they just start countering a bunch of shit with each other, and it's really dynamic, and it's energetic, and it's lively, and I liked a lot of stuff they did. The biggest issue was that it took them so long to get back to that point where it should be at that point when the bell rings, and they Mm -hmm. fucked him up so much, and they kind of fucked him up at the end, too, because, okay, so... And I, I, I know they were aware of this and were trying to get around it because of what they did. But, you know, Triple H comes down. And, of course, Triple H is the coolest, toughest, most dangerous, smartest, best character on the show. Um, he knows when his wife is cheating on him. Yeah, he's, whenever Triple H isn't around, all the other characters should be asking, where's Triple H? Um, so he heads down to the ring. The Wyatt family looks suspicious of him. And then, like, there's kind of a face-off that the crowd pops for because as a character point, it makes total fucking sense. The the Wyatt should absolutely hate Triple H. They love chaos. They love, like, destroying the system. And yet they're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. And, yeah, I know there was that moment and Bray stroked the title to give an implication, but he still backed down from Hunter. He still backed off and said, hey, you could have the ring. And it's just, okay, cool. You, like, you've shown your hand. You've said, here's where he is on the hierarchy. It's what you've said pretty much since, you know, January 2014. Here's where he's going to be. And, and that's, that's it. Like, 
there's he's at this like fucking immutable level. He can't go lower. He can't go higher. But I think they've hurt him so so much with nearly everything they do with him. Everything they do is incorrect. Oh yeah, and this Saturday he's going to be facing Brock Lesnar. Now two years ago, that's a match that I've been like, ooh, that's interesting. What's going to happen now? I'm like, eh, Brock's going to kill him, right? I mean, what? yeah. Well, I mean, there's no injury here. I have on good authority. The Brock Lesnar Bray Wyatt match that was originally scheduled for WrestleMania, Bray was going to win. Bray was going to go over Brock Lesnar at really? WrestleMania. Really? Yes. I, I I didn't say anything because I thought the match was still on. I didn't want to spoil it, but it's clearly off now. That was the plan. Apparently, the plan changed somewhere between Royal Rumble and um, and uh, Fastlane. And. If they're wondering, hey, Bray's not over enough to face Wyatt. So I fully expect Ambrose in one way or another to go over Brock. They want to cash in on some Brock chips at this point and have him give somebody the rub, which is fine, which is great. But, you know, if they're like, oh, how did Bray not get over? Mm, I don't know. Was it losing to the team of Big Show, Ryback, and whoever else was on the cane? I can't even remember who was on the team. It was cane, yeah. Uh, Was it... Oh, the fact that uh, Undertaker and Kane get kidnapped, he gets lightning powers for two seconds, and then gets beat up. Like, there's no consequences. Like, they uh, they always fuck this guy over. If you look at Lucha Underground, if somebody loses in a in a uh, casket match, they're fucking dead in this world. And it's like, you can say, oh, that's ridiculous, but it's not as ridiculous because you don't see them anymore. So you're like, oh, they did die. Bale died. He doesn't come back the next week and be like, oh, sorry, Montanza, you're an idiot. Like, he's gone. He's fucking gone. And that's it. And and you've just got to commit to this stuff. If Bray's going to get fucking lightning powers, give him lightning powers. But don't give him it for one week to do like a a sci-fi show, and then be like, oh, sorry, The Undertaker's back, and nothing happened to him, and he's great, and he wins, and we're all happy. And then they like, never what? explained where Undertaker was, where the Wyatts took him, uh, what he's been doing the entire time in between. They didn't explain it, how he got away. They didn't explain any of that. They don't have any interest in ever doing that, and that's what I'm always saying. It's not that WWE is like soap opera entertainment. That's not the fucking issue. It's that they don't commit or care enough to fill in the details. The details and the specifics are always the most interesting part of everything. Like, if you tell me, oh, Undertaker was taken to Bray's, like, cabin in Louisiana, and they locked him there for a while, and that's why we haven't seen him, and Undertaker's back, but he's severely depowered, and mo- and lots of people can attack him. Okay, cool, you've answered some fucking questions, but you didn't. Your idea was just, hey, let's have Bray Wyatt kidnap the Undertaker, and then he'll come back and beat him up again, and that was it. You just wanted that, so he couldn't be on there for a week, you had no better idea of what to do, and there you go. And it's stupid, and it's silly, and it's the same reason why Lucha Underground can say, hey, uh, my character's a cop, and WWE can have a cop character, and Lucha Underground is insanely more interesting, because I know this cop's in here, so he can bring down this evil businessman, and he's undercover, so nobody knows his name, and he has a partner, and he works at this police precinct. There's, there's fucking details. This shit is an actual character. It doesn't matter that it's a policeman in wrestling, it's that you haven't told us anything about the policeman, why he's here, or what he's doing. Actually, the Red Bull that Dario owns, that thing has more context and more intrigue to it than literally just about anything else in the WWE right now. Yeah. 
I mean, I, 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 ball. I'll say this. I thought the um, I thought Lucha Underground was so aces this week. We talked about the ladder match, but on top of that, you had Puma and Pentagon in the semi-main. Like they're not even in, in the in the the major spot. And who else was was on the show? Uh, it was Sexy Star and Cobra Moon. Yes. Um, I do not like how Sexy Star came back from the kidnapping and just started wrestling. That kind of sucks. I wasn't a fan of that. Um, I do like Cobra Moon, and I'll be honest, man, Cobra Moon against uh, Bengala a few weeks ago was one of the few times, and I'm not saying I'll, I'll like go along for the ride, but one of the few times where I had no reservations about a female beating a male in a match because it just was like, she's going to choke you out. She's going to, and it fits into the character perfectly. She's like, I'm going to serpentine around you, get my legs around you, and choke you the fuck out. And there's no reason why women beating men can't be a thing. Lucha Underground shows that, that it is, and it, it can be. I mean, you just have to book it like a movie. Like when Xenia Onatop is killing people in GoldenEye, like Great you talk. buy it. But you don't like, and most of the time they don't do this. I mean, they didn't with Ivelisse and, and uh, Mil Mortes, but you just can't have them like, if, if, if a girl is smaller than a guy, like you can't have her just like toe-to-toe punch people. You know, it's got you got to make it work within the context of the match. Lucha Underground does it very well. I thought Cobra Moon, they did it super well with. And um, and actually, I'd buy her beating Bengala because Bengala looks like he ate himself. It's true. Like, Bengala is not cool. Uh, <laughs> he's my Bengala favorite jobber. Jesus, yeah. dude. Um, I, I mean, uh, it makes it more impressive that she was able to wrap around him. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, and then, of course, we got uh, the, the uh, teasing of what is going to be a triple threat between Katrina and... Uh, Milmore, I'm sorry, Milmortes, uh, Pentagon, and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Puma. Prince Puma, yeah. So yeah that how awesome be... was that when uh, fucking Milmortes walked down the steps and took the swing off? Oh, yeah. He's like, it, yeah, he's, it's just like, that's what happens when you give characters gravitas, when you give it them weight and depth, and it's it's like, you know... I mean, Mil Mortes is like Shao Kahn in this, you know. He, he he sits in the background and he comes out when you beat enough guys, and then you can get to fight him, you know. It's like it's like Jaws in the NES Jaws game, you know. And <laughs> like it, it's yeah, it, it just works so well. Um, they're doing such a killer job over there right now. Um, NXT, yeah. I think. Um, what was this week? We had uh, was it was it Finn and Neville was the match? Yes. Yeah, and Finn is a guy, I think, they're booking him really well because, I mean, he's super protected. If somebody beats Finn, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, you know, because they protected him so well. And, of course, the demon is ultra-protected. I don't think the demon has ever lost. So no. that that brings him to another level. I am glad they didn't have Neville come down just to, like, not that I thought they would, but, you know, in past developmental, I feel like they would have brought people down and been like, oh, all right, you lost to this main roster guy, but, you know, you're still pretty good. But this, you know, I mean, nobody can, can touch Finn. And, um, yeah, and also it helps that he doesn't wrestle every week, and I don't see him all the time. So even when he does wrestle in matches like this, it actually does feel like a big deal. Yeah, I'm so glad they're out of CFE Arena, though. That that was getting, like, four shows of that was, was a lot. Mm. I yeah. mean, I'm used to... 
I'm used to full sale for like every show, but that arena was just like, ugh. And then fucking like sign guy was there and Brock Lesnar got like all the awful people that are always there. And, like, like sign guys like, Oh, I'm so apparently he's such a piece of shit too. I've, I would, I've never heard that. You haven't? No. What have you heard about him being a piece of shit? Well, they like, like, He's like apparently has some vile things to say to the women when they're around the ring, um, and then he's got like this incredibly high opinion of himself because he's like you know paid to start chants and everything, and he gets those tickets comp for free. Um, so yeah, I just heard he's kind of a douchebag. Oh, that does sound kind of douchebaggy. Yeah. Um, what else happened on the show? On uh, on NXT, um, I'm trying to remember, didn't they do a? Didn't they do a tag match or something? Yes. Are they the Vaude Villains? It was Vaude Villains who are heels for some reason now. Not that I don't have a problem. Not that I have a problem with them turning heel. It's just they're doing nothing differently. Yeah, they kind of did a bunch of like those those quote unquote creepy vignettes where they just you know looked angry into the screen and yeah. that means they're heels now. I'm like, okay, why? Yeah, yeah. I I would like. I'm like, what's like. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't like you as much as American Alpha, but, like, <laughs> why are you bad now? You're just as, as great as you used to be. You're still manly. You're still, like, doing Hindu squats on your way to the ring. What's what's the issue? Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, American Alpha, they are, you referenced them, they are fucking great. It's amazing. Like, Chad Gable just came in and was, like, just amazing. Like, there was never a point where you're like, Chad Gable's learning all this stuff. It was just Chad Gable knows how to pro-wrestle. Are you ready, willing, and Gable? Yeah, I, I am. It, you know what? It reminds me of, like, Angle. Because you know how Angle, like, kind of jumped in and was, like, pretty, like, good right right off the bat? Like, there wasn't much uh-huh. of a, a a learning aspect to it. Gable just steps in and is, like, as good as dudes on the main roster. Better in yeah. most cases. And the, him and Jordan have great chemistry together, not just in the ring, but whenever they do backstage stuff, they're really funny together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they are. They they have good timing. I mean, Jordan as a hot tag guy is just. I mean, he's like, you get so excited when he's knocking these guys down, taking down the straps, flexing. There's that palpable energy. Like when a hot tag is done well, it is done well, and he he does that so fantastically. Um, their finishes is pretty uh, fantastic. It's it's just you watch like Enzo and Cass, and you're like, you guys are being like surpassed. You know, it's like, like and, and it sucks because I like end zone cast, but part of me is like, listen, Gable and Jordan do different stuff every time they're out there. And I feel like, whereas Enzo and cast used to be like intro, blah, 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 blah. Enzo says a bunch more funny stuff. Then you go to soft. Now it's just like intro soft and that's it. And it's like Enzo says, so much weird shit that just cracks me up when he's just allowed allowed to ad lib. I'm like, why are we getting rid of that? And it reminds me of the New Age Outlaws or the Godfather or mm-hmm. like any any act. You know you know all the ones I'm talking about. They oh, yeah. came out and did the same thing every week, and it was to pop live crowds, but it wasn't actually interesting from like a viewer perspective. You know. Well, everybody talks about how great the New Age Outlaws were. How long did they really last? I mean, I mean I they were not like this long-lasting tag team act. They they fizzled out pretty quick because they settled into that whole, you know, we do the same thing every week. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say 97 to, like, I guess 2000. Very late 97, like December. Yeah, well, they formed in November, but, yeah, I, I get your point. Um, yeah. But they, I guess they didn't become a thing until, like, December. And then they went until, like, early 2000. So, okay. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. no, no. With some breaks in between because they, bro- they broke up, split up, and yeah, all yeah, that other yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it's, like... I'm not saying don't do your catch catchphrase and stuff, but like don't lose all the interesting stuff in the middle, like because that's I, I can see the same shit every week, and and yeah, it's gonna pop a crowd, but it's not really gonna bring you any longevity, and it doesn't. I think Too Cool might be an even better example of that because I don't think they ever had anything beyond just the dance. Oh, Too Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. they had the dance, they had the worm, yeah, that was it. Oh, yeah, that was all they ever were. There was nothing intriguing about them beyond that. They were awful. I mean, they, they, it was it was so bad. I remember watching that, and like you'd have to explain it to people. Like you're like, what's the deal? And like, oh, they're like lame, but they think they're cool, and we've gotten around to the point where we think they're cool too. And they're like, okay, and it was just the same joke every week. And we and like we've talked about this. We we get it, you know. Um, too cool is like lame, but they're cool because they're lame. And you're like, okay, fantastic. And it it just didn't have any longevity. It's not like when Edge and Christian would come out. Yeah, they do the trash, the local sports teams, but it'd be something different. Val Venus would come out, and yeah, he would like he would still like be making penis jokes, but at least they were different ones each week. You know, it's like the Outlaws would do their shtick, and Too Cool would be like, "We're gonna dance after the match," and you're like, "Ah, oh, right, the same dance I can see constantly if I just tape one of your matches." So fantastic. And it's even worse now in the age of YouTube. It's like I, I know, can literally like, just that, pop it up on YouTube. That's the thing. Like, they need to realize we can watch this shit all the time. We don't need to, like, oh, I'm going to tune in so I can see the stuff I can only see now. You've got a whole network that has all your content. You need to be bringing me shit, new shit all the time. And if, if they respond by saying, well, that's too hard. We have so many hours to fill. Well, hey, here's a crazy idea. Have less hours. It's probably not worth it if you actually can't put original content in it. <laughs> How many rewatches uh, are they true. getting with, like, 2014 Raws? Oh, God, I got to see that Dolph Ziggler-Kofi Kingston Part 9 match all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, how about the, the new one, Dolph Ziggler and uh, fucking Kevin Owens? That I feel like we get that match out a little bit, it seems. Now he's wrestling Finally. all of the League of Nations, who who are just so uninteresting to me. And I love Rusev, Wade Barrett, Wade Barrett, the kayfabe worst wrestler in WWE. Uh, I love Rusev, Wade Barrett, and uh, uh, who's the final? Oh, I like Del Rio and Lucha Underground. In WWE, he's he's just he's just terrible. Yeah, what a god! Is, is that finisher. the same guy? It's just he like took the money and then he you know I mean more power to him, but it's just so sad to watch this you know. But you would, God, you wouldn't believe it's the same person doing this because in Lucha Underground he had so much passion and energy, and even in like Ring of Honor when he did guest spots there, it's like he has so much energy to him. And now it's just okay. I mean, 
they could probably let him go tomorrow and replace him. He's he's so uninteresting that he's easily it, replaced. It sucks because Lucha Underground has the shitty version of Alberto Del Rio. They have Tejano, which, by the way, why the fuck is the guy who's like, I, I represent everything about Mexico, then why is your name Texan? Like, what is wrong with you? Also, I hate Tejano for other reasons. He's like, if you squish down Alberto into, like, a smaller version, that's Tejano. He's, like, shorter and fatter than Alberto. Um, <laughs> but also, I hate it, and you know when this happened. It was like when Chavo got injured and they couldn't do that Blue Demon thing and stuff, so they had to put Tejano into the role. Like, instantly, after being Alberto's foil for, like, you know, however long, they're like, Tejano's a blue-collar guy. He works for everything he's got, and they're like, Fucking A! Isn't he the son of, like, a another wrestler in his company? Like, it's just like, no! Like, why is he this blue-collar Steve Austin now, you know? It, it's, it was such bullshit. I still hate Teano because he makes no fucking sense. And they're just like, oh, no, no, Teano's the toughest guy here, and he drinks beers and punches you in the face with his bull rope. And you're like, ah, all right, I guess. <laughs> He's Mexican Steve Austin. He's Mexican Steve Austin, it seems, yeah. Um, all right, so next week we're going to see what happens on Roadblock. Uh, Triple H is going over. Brock Lesnar is going over. Um, what else do you need to know? Um, we'll hopefully have uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll chat some more Lucha Underground, some more NXT, some Actually, more – Actually, big Lucha Underground happening tonight. Um, we've got Mil Moriches versus Puma versus Pentagon for the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We doing these shows on Wednesday. We're always like, oh, we don't know what happens for NXT Lucha Underground for a week. We get the raw stuff recently, but who who cares about that? Um, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, make sure to like, follow, follow us on TalkShoe, like us on Facebook, Twitter. I know you can't like on Twitter, but bear with me. Uh, TheBrainistore dot com always has the new shows, so make sure to comment on there. Um, Thank you very much for listening. We always appreciate everyone who listens. If you have any feedback, feel free to email me. Uh, we will see you next week. But for right now, for Mr. Patrick Kelly and Mr. Eric Clancy, we are signing off. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.